0: my name is leslie kane i am the host of the why not today podcast this is a podcast to celebrate people have been courageous and said why not today i started this podcast in honor of my father patrick kane who often said why not today i am based in western virginia a planned community right outside of washington dc and thanks for joining us today and i always say i'm excited about my guests which i always am and it's so much fun to get to know people and my guest today Elizabeth Newton. Um, I, um, haven't met you in person, but we did have a conversation and, you know, I would like to talk about connections and how you met, how you met people. So if anybody knows much about me, my younger sister, um, Amanda has Down syndrome and it's interesting. My niece married somebody whose uncle has Down syndrome. So we're kind of swam in that world a long time. And my niece discovered Elizabeth because she has an Instagram account and a blog. It's called Catfish with Ketchup, which I have no idea what that means. But I started following it because Elizabeth has an interesting journey, and I'm going to have her share. And we just had a call, and we just laughed and talked and shared stories, and I'm just like, you have got to be on my podcast. And so we, um, before we came on, Elizabeth and I were talking about all the vast variety of guests I've had and talking about all different subjects. And so this is a subject we really haven't talked about, which is special needs. And um so Elizabeth, I'm gonna let you introduce yourself, tell us a little about you and a fun fact about you, and then we will talk about our subject of really we're gonna talk about um the courage it is or it takes um to live with, raise, help, support, um, somebody with Down syndrome and all the similarities. So elizabeth i'm super excited to just chat and we're going to try to keep this to our normal 30 minutes but when we talked the other day we talked forever so (laughs) with newton i'm excited to have you
1: thank you for having me leslie it's really a pleasure to be here um i think you you led off with a good place to start i'll introduce myself I am a mother of three and I also have a sister who I am her legal guardian now. And um, my sister has down syndrome as does yours. And uh, she inspired the adoption of my oldest daughter whose name is Josie. And why the Instagram account is called catfish with ketchup is because my sister's obsessed with food and she gives everyone in her life a food name and she named Josie Catfish with Ketchup. As soon as we adopted her and brought her home, she decided she would be called. And we begged her for a cuter, more feminine nickname, but she just refused. We are Catholics. I don't know if it's Friday during Lent, the fish fries or whatever, but that was on Leanne's mind. And that's what that baby would be called. So it just kind of stuck. Leanne still calls her that. So Josie is now 13 and i also have two younger daughters Marin is almost 12 and lydia is
0: nine you're a busy woman yes Yeah. so let's what's an interesting fact about you
1: well in addition to being fully submersed in the down syndrome world that tends to be probably this the part about me that sticks out um i have once talked to kenny rogers on the phone how's that for interesting really?
0: <laughs> that's pretty cool how did that happen
1: Well, I went to Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee, and I interned for a uh, record label there, and he called one day. That was his label, and he called, so I just happened to answer, but um, that was actually a really fun experience going to Belmont. I had several internships where I got to meet celebrities, and so that was was a really fun part of my youth. Yeah,
0: that's really cool. That is a fun fact nobody would really know. So, Elizabeth, what does courage mean to you?
1: You know, courage is having the conviction to pursue your values despite your fears. Right. So we all have situations that intimidate us, um, situations that make us uncomfortable, maybe things that are unfamiliar that we haven't experienced. But there's things that we're willing to walk through to achieve our goals and do what we know is right. That's
0: awesome. I love that definition. And I love... Um, aligning you with values which what we know is right so you have a courageous life with raising not just one but two mm-hmm. young ladies so I know and it's interesting in us having our conversation how our lives are very similar yet different and just the synergies and differences so you um your older sister is Leanne yes. how much older is she than you
1: She's three and a half years older than I am.
0: Okay. And then my sister that has Down syndrome is 18 years younger than me. Wow. Which is a different dynamic. And then it's just the two of you as siblings, and I have uh, four siblings in between Amanda and I. So there's six of us. So um, definitely a lot of similarities and lots of differences. So um, your mom, both your parents passed away. So how long ago did you get guardianship of Liam?
1: Um, it was 2018, my my father died in 2012, but it was 2018 and, and my mom um, got sick and kind of declined rather suddenly. Uh, it was always the plan that someday I would be responsible for Leanne. It's just the two of us, so really there there are no other options as far as family connections. But um, we certainly didn't anticipate that it would happen that quickly. Um, my youngest daughter was only four when my mom passed away. So wow. um, it all kind of fell in our laps. And obviously there was a lot of upheaval um, and adjustment, but uh, we <laughs> we made it work. Unfortunately, we didn't live in the same area. So we did had to kind of uproot Leanne from her community. She had just lost her mother and she lost, you know, all her friends, her her day program, everything she'd known, you know, for 40 years. So um, when we relocated her here to live with us, I was determined to get her established and feeling a sense of community because As I'm sure you've experienced with Amanda, because we've talked about it, Leanne kind of has this presence. So, where we grew up, she was a bit of a local celebrity. And my mom and I would joke that we didn't have names, we didn't need them because she was Leanne's mom and I was Leanne's sister. And everywhere you went, Leanne would run into somebody she knew. And so, I was really eager to have Leanne feel that sense of community
0: once she came here. Yeah, that's awesome and yeah totally can relate everybody knows amanda and everybody loves amanda and it's kind of funny i always say amanda can go in a store with no money come out with what she wanted and change I'm like, how do you do that kid you know everybody knows her so yes yeah, so and then when did you adopt um josie
1: well that i back that story up a little bit further josie was born in 2010 so um my husband and I have moved around a lot with his career, and uh, we were married for about eight years um, when we got settled into a place where we decided it was time to start a family. And this is the part that um, kind of surprises people is that I, ha- I everywhere we had moved, I had missed being a part of the special needs community. I always missed my sister, so I always looked for opportunities to volunteer and to be involved in the special needs community. So when we decided to start a family, It felt very natural to me to adopt a baby with Down syndrome. And, um, you know, Travis, I I don't recall the exact conversation, the way it went, but he was completely on board. And so we contacted the National Down Syndrome Adoption Network and um, we got on the list. There was actually over 200 families at the time waiting to adopt a baby with Down syndrome. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it was remarkable, but it was just literally a matter of months by the time we did our home study and got a appointment.
0: Wow. And was Josie a newborn when you got her?
1: Yes, Josie was in the NICU for quite some time, so it took us about eight to ten weeks to actually bring her home. But she was a newborn, and um, one of the things that we maybe had been a little naive about, we knew there would potentially be some health challenges. We knew that she re- would require a heart surgery, which she had in July of 2010, but she had quite a few substantial health challenges. That whole first year was tough. 10 of those months she was hospitalized. Um, She had uh, chronic lung disease. So a lot of respiratory distress episodes. So it was, um, we had some really scary incidents with her and then she got placed with a G-tube. So she was fed with a feeding tube. Um, so that was a whole set of challenges that we had to overcome and, um, it was really, I mean, it was really intense parenting and becoming honorary medical professionals in the process.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, and yeah, the dynamics are different. Like when Amanda was born, she was number six. So my mom was totally knew what she was doing parenting. So, you know, that was an added blessing of navigating all the different things with Amanda. But your mom, too, with Leanne being the first, as a first child, I'm sure mm. that was harder. You know, you're just figuring out how to be a mom. My niece just had a baby. And after she brought the baby home, she goes, what is wrong with these people? The hospital, they gave me this baby to bring home. I don't even know what to do with it. Luckily, <laughs> her mom and her sister and dad were there to help. But, it's like, you know, it had the the dynamics of a child with Down syndrome
1: yeah I think that um there's a certain naivete that ultimately benefits you because it's one of those things that if I think back and and I, I it really intimidates me now, but at the time, you know, you just kind of rise to the occasion and do what you have to do, and it's scary. But it has so much meaning and purpose. This is your child and you love them and you're going to do whatever it takes to get right. them through these challenges. So another testimony to courage. And I feel like motherhood really elicits that in, in so many yeah. ways. And, and oftentimes it's ways that we don't expect or plan for. But we step up because that's what we do for our kids.
0: Yeah, just, you do it. You know, really think it's courageous, the things we have to do. Um, you know, Amanda had those health issues as well. She had open heart surgery. She was two, though, when they did that. Um, but when she was born, and probably similar when Leanne was born, they asked my parents if they wanted to keep her, um, mm-hmm. if they wanted to put her in an institution, which in those days, that happened more often. Um, that children, I mean, I, my mom and dad are like, what do you mean, keep her? Of course we're going to keep her, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. But I guess that happened. And still today, you know, the fact that, you know, Josie
1: was up for adoption. I think um, one of the things that uh, people I think find interesting about uh, the fact that I document our journey um, initially on the blog and now much more frequently on social media is just to see those generational differences. Like you said, because my parents were given the option not to um, operate on Leanne. She required a life-saving operation at birth, and I mean, they were given the option to just forget about her, let her die and go on and have other kids. Wow. This, this had never happened. Um, and they chose, you know, to do what it took to to, you know, bring their baby home and love her. And so um it's it's remarkable just the generational differences and in, in attitudes. And also one thing that my mom always marveled at was how much more access Josie had to therapies, medical interventions, educational opportunities, just everything has come so far. So to oh, see the two generations, I always tell um, when when mothers of little ones with special needs reach out to me, I always tell them, you cannot look at an adult with Down syndrome and project that's what your child will be like because just the resources and opportunities available to our kids these days are are so much more expansive than what they were. You know, Amanda was born in 1970
0: my sister was born. Yeah, and like with, um, you know, now too, first of all, there's much more knowledge out there, much more advocacy, like the fact that my niece got involved right away, you know, because that's what she grew up with. Amanda is, I think, 10 years older than her, maybe a little, maybe 12. But I remember the day that Grace, my niece, is like, why is why am I getting smarter than my aunt, you know, but yeah, there's so many more resources and things available. But also I think with how far we've come with um, technology, social media, that there's resources you can reach out to. When Amanda was born, there wasn't social media. There wasn't internet. There was no such thing as Google. So I think people have so much more access. Good and bad to what's
1: out there. <laughs> you know what? I think about this all the time. I'm I have a speaking engagement this weekend, and this keeps crossing my mind because it um a lot of parents describe this feeling of isolation when you're given this diagnosis and you and you don't know anything about it. And you f- maybe have a lot of negative images in your head of of what life will be like for this child. And you're right, in our parents' generation, they didn't have any, anything to counter those images. They, they didn't know anything. I mean, they were just going entirely blind, whereas now social media really does create a community. And um, you can, in addition to receiving the clinical information from the medical professionals, which may or may not be presented favorably, you can get out there and and find accounts like ours and see, you know, quote unquote normal. I hate that word, but <laughs> uh, see regular people just living their lives right. with family members with Down syndrome. It's like, you know, we're still going. And you know what? We love each other um, and we have a great time and, and our lives are so rich and purposeful and it's not easy. But I always tell people, if you're looking for easy, then parenting in general is not for you because- Right. <laughs> Regardless of how many chromosomes your kids have. It's not easy. So no. um so but you know what? It's entirely
0: worth it. It really is. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, talking about loneliness. When Amanda was born, the doctors in the hospital asked my mom or asked my parents if they wanted my mom would be more comfortable in an area in the hospital away from the quote unquote normal mothers. Wow. Isn't that awful? Like Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's so, normal yeah but now yeah, so much knowledge i had a boss um years ago that um so i've known her she's known my parents since amanda was probably even born but her son and daughter-in-law a couple of years ago um were pregnant with a child lucas that had down syndrome and before they for months they knew which my mother did not know until the day Amanda was born. But for months they knew and they prepared and they connected and they're part of a huge support. Um, a couple of years ago, we met them for lunch and it was just kind of fun to see Amanda grasp and connect with him. But um, just all the research, like they have a whole play group of parents with kids with Down syndrome and they all play together and, um, you know, support each other and have a support group for the parents and, yeah so many resources and the down syndrome association i'm on a couple um oh social media i know like the down syndrome association my friend's baby was born he was part of the campaign and they had his picture up in um, times square in new york city which is kind of fun and you know just the education and what is out there is so much better but um, kids with special needs are special, and that's why the word special is there. And Amanda, Lynn, Josie, I mean, all your kids, but a different level of fun and stories. And I know we've shared stories, and I love reading your um, blog and information about you guys just navigating life. I think the most recent one is you were at a book club or doing something, and your husband was bathing everybody. and. <laughs> it seemed like a big fiasco
1: <laughs> there was, yeah yeah you want to hear a story yeah and god bless him travis he's just surrounded by females but i was hosting book club and i had a bunch of my neighbors um in my in my garage and uh travis was in the house and unbeknownst to me all heck was breaking loose but uh, everybody was trying to shower at the same time and that's not typically travis's domain that's typically something i do so he was trying to help josie and this is a couple years back and um because everybody was showering at the same time there was no hot water so Leanne decided somehow the solution was in the shower head so she tried to scale her shower curtain literally climb it and as you can (laughs) imagine the whole thing came down and she fell and flooded the bathroom, and my poor husband is like trying to run, see what's going on. Josie's, you know, wet. Every it was just a wreck, and in all the while, I didn't even know. Bless his heart, he wow. handled it. But I mean, this is kind of a lot of our humorous stories don't feel humorous in the moment, um, especially when it comes to Leanne's problem solving skills, because she just has this way of making the problem substantially worse <laughs> instead of <losing laughs> her health. She's trying to be independent, God bless her. But, um, so yeah, that was that was one of the stories. And it's always funnier, at least for me, when it happens to somebody else. I always yeah. thought it was hilarious the things she'd do and say to embarrass my mom. And now that it's me, I'm like, ooh,
0: I don't ooh, find the in it. <laughs> yeah, Amanda, because she was so much younger, she was our toy, basically. I mean, my brothers and friends taught her totally inappropriate things say and do in the grocery store and her mom would be with the grocery store with her and she'd do something and she's like oh my goodness like what did you kids teach her you well, we had a funny shower story that when a i don't know how old amanda was but grace was maybe five something so grace was little and i don't know where my mom was but my dad was out on the driveway washing the car and amanda and grace were taking a shower well they went to get out of the shower and the shower door the glass door wouldn't wouldn't um, open so they're in there and luckily grace i mean she was little but she had some problem solving skills i don't know how they did it but they broke the door to get out so they're (laughs) broke the door they're cut nothing severe and so they wrap themselves up in towels and go out to the driveway and (laughs) wet blood is just everywhere and my dad is like
1: what the heck your poor dad. I, I know. know. And he's thinking your mom's going to kill him,
0: right? <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, Grace always laughs. She's like, you know, she was, they, her and Amanda were best friends and did everything together. But yeah, so many funny stories. <laughs> and, um, you know, we were talking um, earlier about birthdays and, you know, we all love our birthday, but Amanda and, and Leanne and Josie are the same way. And ironically, it's kind of fun that this episode is going to be out this, um, so a week before Amanda's birthday. But I always tease that Amanda's birthday is a national holiday. She did turn 40 last year. And for every day the year prior, she told every person multiple times that she was turning 40 on Wednesday, July 20th. And I even made her a T-shirt that in case you didn't know, I'm turning 40 on Wednesday, July 20th. So like July 21st, she started to count down for 41. So. We have that to anticipate next week. And I know you said um, Leanne and Josie are the same.
1: It's an absolutely universal experience from, from what I can gather. And I've been doing this down syndrome thing for a long time. Um, my favorite birthday story was, uh, you know, Leanne plans months and months in advance. And she decided we were going to, I think we were at Chili's or Applebee's. It was one of those chain restaurants. And she'd gathered, you know, all, she'd invited everybody because, you know, when she's out in the community announcing it, inviting everybody. So there she had quite a substantial um, group and lots of tables pushed together. And this poor 16 year old boy, who is our server? Leanne announces, of course, it's her birthday, and he said, Oh, we can we can bring you a dessert. And she's all excited. And he comes and he sets it in front of her. And she goes, Aren't you gonna sing? And <laughs> he starts to turn bright red and he kind of stutters and he goes, Uh uh, we don't really do that here. And you know, Leanne, she's not taking no for an answer yeah. because, as you said, this is a national holiday, and he sure is. <laughs> Let her sing and she didn't let it go, so this poor kid's beat red. He's, happy birthday! Oh, <laughs> and funny. I just he probably quit his job that night. <laughs> that was yeah, probably boy, I'm
0: I'm done. Done. it was <laughs> so funny. Oh, so much fun! So, yeah, so many fun stories of courage. You know, it's as you said, it takes courage to raise any child, mm-hmm. but it takes, I think, creativity, maybe. Um, <laughs> and you gotta laugh a lot. I mean, yeah like Amanda used to hide stuff and one time my brother-in-law couldn't find his keys and we we're just teasing like maybe it's in the grill and sure enough it was in the grill oh. yeah so and also a, one of my favorite Amanda stories is when because I'm so much older my mother my parents would go out of town which meant we were in high school man, let's have a party well you'd stay up too late and Amanda got up the crack of dawn so we lived on a lake so I remember one time I stayed up way too late. Was not ready to get up, but she was. So I'm laying on the couch watching Sesame Street or Barney with her, like one eye open. Like, all right, just don't go anywhere. Like, and I guess I fell asleep. So I panicked. Like, where is she? Like, hoping she didn't walk out the back door into the lake. She was in that kitchen. She had a, a cart of ice cream, chocolate sauce, and a spoon. <laughs> and she would put the chocolate sauce in the cart and eating her ice cream, and just like. Okay, I'll have to fix my own breakfast.
1: <laughs> breakfast of champions. Hey. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh, no. So lots of fun, lots of adventures. Any other fun stories from Oh, I have more stories. Or let's talk about what you've been able to do with your blog and your podcast or blog and social media to be able to encourage other people. I know it's been an encouragement for me and just to laugh at some of your stories, like, oh I can relate to that. So how what advocate yeah. happens- to see, are you doing it? Did you're speaking in a group? Or do you have the parents reach out to you a lot? Because you yeah, are pretty known.
1: When I first started the blog, I I'd never thought about anything other than keeping our friends and family updated on the adoption and our baby. And I it didn't occur to me that other people would find it. I wasn't opposed to it. but. Um, slowly i started getting more and more emails um, from oftentimes it was from parents and what they would say is how reassuring it was that uh, i had grown up in the down syndrome community and decided that i wanted to to start our family by adopting a baby with down syndrome because there's a lot of concern about um, the impact that having a child with down syndrome will have on the siblings um, And I think um, for us, just our presence was reassuring to people. But I've I've received so many messages all the time. I receive messages um, from people. Oftentimes, it's new parents. But even now, I've got adult siblings that are starting to assume caregiver roles that are reaching out to me, asking me questions, um, helping other parents whose kids are about Josie's age right now. We're kind of going through puberty and trying to be um, respect her privacy, but at the same time have open discussions like, hey, this is something we all have to face. We all have to uh, educate our kids, regardless of whether or not they have a disability, we're gonna experience this. So I'm gonna um, you know, share our journey You know, with, with moderation, obviously, right. um, but just any sort of developmental things that we've gone through. A big thing that I um, have found to be helpful are visual aids and social stories. Um, And so when we're experiencing a new situation, I will often uh, write a little book for Josie and explain to her this change is coming, whether it's a move or a surgery or new teacher or whatever it is, Um, and just kind of explain to her that things are changing. This is the expectation. Yes, there might be some sadness or some you know bumps in the road but ultimately it's for the best and um just kind of keeping her aware of what's going on and letting her just kind of having the respect for her to um to to keep her part of the journey and because I think so many times and I'm guilty of this too is um we just assume we don't give them enough credit like they don't really know On, they're in their own little world, and the reality is, um, she very much appreciates when I um explain things to her and slow down. And and oftentimes, what that does is it gets a better behavioral outcome, too. Because what we see is a lot of oppositional behavior with our loved ones with Down syndrome, they have a reputation for being stubborn, um, but oftentimes, that's their way of saying, Wait a minute, I don't know what's going on, and I don't like it. Change is uncomfortable. And so I found a good There's way to anybody. do that is to slow down and explain things to her, usually with um, pictures and visual aids. And so that's a lot of what I share also is um, sources that have helped us along the way. And if those could help other people, then I'm happy to share.
0: Oh, I love that. And I know we have a neighbor that was a teacher and worked with Amanda and creating books and things and um Yeah, I never thought about that. And, you know, we've talked about this, like trips and different things. It's hard for Amanda. She can't, it's, I think the anticipation, like anybody, and the memories that she talks about it, she counts on it, she knows exactly when she's going, what she's packing, all the things. But then when we get to somewhere, she's not always stable as she is at home because her schedule is different. She's to her routine. And we were talking about this earlier, that sometimes I think big crowds there's a big group even as family she has a little freak out kind of thing and starts crying and can't handle it <laughs> you asked me what what i thought that was i'm like i think she's not the center of attention which you know amanda used to be in the center of attention so but and just talk i love that you support other people and I can
1: think of many stories where where it's supposed to be about somebody else, but somehow Leanne or Josie have managed to steal the show. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, um, it's funny that we've talked about traveling and, and that's another thing that um, has come up with our family is uh, traveling is very difficult for um, our loved ones with disabilities or it can be because they are very um, routine oriented and they like their familiar environment um with Leanne she's got a couple extra medical concerns that that add to the complications so um sometimes we do like a divide and conquer type thing because Travis and I decided a long time ago that we don't want our typically developing girls to miss out on experiences because uh, they're things that Josie and Leanne wouldn't necessarily enjoy. So we call them our tipsies instead of saying neurotypically developing. So sometimes we do tipsy vacations or just tipsy outings where we'll get a sitter for the other two, and we'll take um, the more adventurous girls on on more of an adventure. And it's going to be something like um, hiking and walking through rivers and, and um right. Or, or maybe amusement parks or things that Josie and Leanne wouldn't necessarily enjoy um, we've left Leanne behind while we've gone on um, vacations with more aquatic in nature because she does not like to swim um, she's afraid of the water and it's difficult um so we've kind of have trial and error and learned our lesson but you know what that's okay and I think parents have reached out to me and said thank you for alleviating my guilt about that because oftentimes, it does make it difficult when you're trying to travel, and that person, you know, isn't feeling particularly adventurous or wants right. to be in the hotel room or complaining that they want to go home. It's like, well, maybe there's a way to make that work to make everybody happy. And I know in our case, a lot of times Leanne would much rather be in her home environment.
0: Right. And I know, like, my mom's traveled and done a couple of things without Amanda. And um, most recently, a couple of years ago, my sister in law took my mom to Paris. And mom was so worried about Amanda. How's Amanda going to handle it? Well, We exhausted Amanda. We like played Team Amanda. Like she went from one of us sibling, one sibling to the other, to an adventure. She was probably exhausted by the time my mom got (laughs) home because we did all these things and had so much fun with her. I think one thing you mentioned a little bit ago when you supported other people with their concern about siblings of in a family that has somebody with Down syndrome. I always say we are better because of Amanda, and not just me and my siblings, but all my nieces and nephews. And it's just a special bond. And um, I think I mentioned the story when we talked the first time, but I remember going to a company picnic and I brought Amanda with me. And my boss like said this out loud on Monday. He's like, My kids were afraid of Amanda. And I'm like, Ooh, that is just mm. scary. Like, that, yeah, and that you'd say it out loud. But I think, yeah, because, you know any child with a disability, but I think definitely Down syndrome has their own unique, a lot of unique characteristics that I see and hear with you talking about Josie and Liam that I see in here with Amanda.
1: Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because I think we all have those experiences and for all the positive experiences, which in my mind far outweigh the negative ones, the negative ones stand out because they sting. Isn't that but
0: always the way it is in life?
1: I believe to your credit though, with this podcast, you know, with the power of social media, um, you know, there's less and less excuse for for saying I've never met somebody with Down syndrome because that fear comes from a place of ignorance. It's a place of, you yeah. know, lack of exposure. And so now, even um, I feel like Anybody, you know, we can, we can advocate for our loved ones. We can share our stories, and everybody can say they've met somebody with a disability. You just have to, you know, come on our page and, and see Leanne and Josie and you'll quickly realize there's, there's nothing to be afraid of. And, and there's just so much love and, um, and joy and richness in our lives.
0: Yeah, Amanda, there's nobody, Amanda does not love and there's zero judgment in her world. Absolutely. Um, I had a really interesting conversation the other day with a friend and I don't know how we got on this stuff. Maybe I was telling her I was in her you were going to be a guest and we were talking about Amanda and how joyful and happy she is and how much she loves everybody and likes to be connected. And somehow we were able to within that conversation take it back to the last few years, how, you know, Amanda thrives with being around people like most everybody does. Mm -hmm. And I think just because she is special that, you know, we notice these things differently, but what we just all experienced of loneliness and separation and oh, I know what the subject was putting kids in institutions, how they died so young because they were so lonely and they need, people need social connections and look at where we are now after the last few years of all the loneliness and, suicide and emotional issues and people, people's health. And like, it was just one of those aha thoughts, like they're both tying into each other, just kind of interesting.
1: Well, it's true and there's um, that's another vote also in favor of inclusion within the classroom. The schools are doing so much better now. When oh, Leanne yeah. was growing up, she was in an isolated special ed class in a separate wing of the building, had no overlap with the typically developing kids and now, you know, Josie's in the gen ed classroom with a one on one, you know, paraprofessional and all the kids know her. They've known her since they were tiny. So even though she might have some unusual conduct or quirks, they don't think anything of it because they no. grew up
0: with it. So that's a- buddy programs, too. I don't know if your schools do that. Yeah. Yeah it's a different world and you know my father was a big advocate and when amanda was born he helped start a group home for adults with disabilities and you know they wanted to bus her when she was middle school or high school to another town to another high school my dad's like no she is going to our high school with our kids just like all my other kids she's not any different and i think that makes such a difference
1: well, and this is something I say all the time that generation our parents they were truly the pioneers because the generation oh. before them they they didn't bring these children home. They did put them in an institution. So, our parents were the ones who who made the decision we're going to bring these kids home and we're going to we're going to fight for them to have an education. And even though the education isn't what it is now today, it's, um, you know, by that standard, it was it was awesome that they were having the opportunity to be in school and be perceived as people who deserve education. And so they really did um, change so much that generation. And now our generation just carries the torch forward and, and tries to look for more and more ways that, um, to be, you know, and inclusive and to
0: advocate for our loved ones. Yeah. Yeah, definitely took courage for what our parents did. Um, But it takes courage every day to live sometimes. So what would um, you say to encourage somebody else that has a loved one that just diagnosed that they're having a baby with Down syndrome or maybe a sibling has Down syndrome or or. all the different scenarios? How would you encourage somebody else? Which, ironically, the word encourage means give courage. I always say
1: when when a new mom will reach out to me that I promise you that when you're 90 years old in your rocking chair, you will reflect back on your life and consider this one of your greatest blessings. And I I sincerely believe that. We truly are lucky and blessed to be able to see a life through this prism that a lot of people have not had this opportunity, but we have. And you're talking about Amanda loves everyone. You know, we don't see color. We don't see, I mean, Leanne doesn't care about what kind of car you drive or what Ivy League school you graduated from or what kind of handbag you're carrying. She just sincerely loves people for people. And um, to kind of be able to see life through that lens, that was what I missed when I went away to college. That's why I continued to be involved with the special needs community. Ultimately, that's why I decided I needed to have a child of my own with Down syndrome because once you've been a part of that community, you're forever changed and yes. you're forever changed for the better.
0: Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, so true. We are so blessed because of Amanda and Leanne and Josie in our life and I feel doubly blessed that I got to meet you and connect with you. And, um, you know, my mother is alive and kicking, thank goodness, and doing well. She turned 82 yesterday. But she is 82. So, yeah, the reality of you know, she's not going to be here forever. And we've always, you know, as the oldest, um, the executor states of the estate, that something happens, Amanda does, is my responsibility. But we always tease that it's going to be a fight because wants, we all want Amanda. And, you know, and there's a group home set aside for us. We've got some plans, but still, um, I will keep your number close to me at all times. I'll have to share some more stories so uh, this has been so much fun and I love hearing the stories and so if people want to connect with you find you um, with the best ways and I will share this in the show notes too
1: but sure have- sure the the blog is called confessions of the chromosomally enhanced so it's confessions of the chromosomally enhanced.com um, it's rarely updated these days because social media is just so much quicker and easier so you can find us yeah. on instagram at catfish with ketchup.
0: Gotta love that. and that's uh, Amanda's favorite food group, by the way, is ketchup. (laughs) So, well, thank you so much, Elizabeth. I love hearing the stories and connecting. As I said, we're going to definitely stay in in touch. But thanks for everybody for listening. Um, Make sure you review the podcast, share it, tell other people. Um, We do have the website, Why Not Today podcast, where you can get t-shirts and cups and um, some swag. We're going to add some more to that. And one of the ideas I have is with Um, once we get it moving a little further along that to do a monthly donation for anybody that buys a t-shirt or something that a donation goes to a charity, which obviously definitely be one. So thanks again, Elizabeth. And thank you for everybody for watching and listening. And this is the why not today podcast. Make sure you say why not today and do something courageous. Thanks Elizabeth. Thank you.